Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. It is time for the Lori and Julia Book Club, and we could not be more delighted. We have Carrie, uh, is it, how do I say your last name? Mar? Mayor. 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 Okay, Carrie Mayer is with us, and maybe you read uh, her book, The Kennedy Debutante, but we've just uh, finished reading, um, and I was able to bring it on a beach vacation and read it from a beach chair, the Paris bookseller, which was just lovely, lovely company. So thank you and congratulations on writing a, a terrific story. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for taking it with you on vacation. Were you temporarily transported to Paris from your beach? Yes. And, and yes. And both Julie and I are fans of historical fiction, but really and truly through the pandemic, I have really, we've loved like call my agent, Emily in Paris, anything based in Paris. And also, you know, have been lucky enough to travel there. So, and on my last trip to Paris in, in 2019, I remember I, I was like, I got to go to Shakespeare and Company, the bookstore. I can't believe I've never gone there. And all my trips, I never, it's right across from Notre Dame. And I was absolutely enchanted. Yes, yes. It's really an amazing location. I was also there in 2019. I was there in August. Maybe we, we saw each other. <laughs> I was there in September. And, you know, they have all these wonderful walking tours and stuff. So I want to yes. know... How, because you, you've, you, you know, this is not your first book, but this book is really a love letter. Uh, if I can quote Kate Quinn, who's a friend of our show, a love letter to books, bookstores, and book lovers everywhere. It's so true. But, um, before, I don't know what you want to give us first, the setup of the story or how you were inspired to write the story. Well, let me give you the setup. Okay. Because I think not everyone, even people who are familiar with Shakespeare and Company bookstore in Paris, might not be familiar with the story that um, is, is in my book. Okay. Long story short, so it begins in 1917 when an American named Sylvia Beach finds herself in Paris at the end of the First World War. Um, and she, she, she stumbles into a French-language bookstore and lending library run by a French woman named Adrienne Monnier. And, so, and Sylvia just absolutely falls in love with this store um, and is inspired to open her own bookstore, um, an English-language bookstore and lending library that she calls Shakespeare and Company. And she opens it in 1919. And it quickly becomes the home of the lost generation writers. You know, all those famous writers, you know, from the 20s and 30s, um, Ernest Hemingway, Gertrude Stein, Ezra Pound, F. Scott Fitzgerald, mm -hmm. they were all regulars of hers. They, her shop would be one of their very first uh, stops in Paris. And as if that wasn't enough, she also published the very first edition of James Joyce's novel Ulysses in 1922 after it had been banned in a big obscenity trial in New York. Yeah, which I never knew that story. Right. Not a lot of people do. It is such an interesting story, you know, like the... the the novel is being serialized in Britain and in America in these two avant-garde literary journals. And in New York, it's being serialized by The Little Review, which is published by two women, Jane Heap and Margaret Anderson. And they're finally um, arrested for publishing what is repu uh, reputed and rumored to be obscene material. And um, they are the—they are actually the two people who stand trial for serializing Ulysses, and they are the ones who are are condemned for publishing quote obscenity. Um, but as a result, Ulysses becomes a banned book. Mm -hmm. And and Sylvia Beach is 
she decides she will publish the book. And that really is true. Yes, all of that really did happen. You know, Sylvia um, and her, you know, cadre of very progressive avant-garde thinkers in Paris um, really saw that Ulysses was far from obscene. It was great art, and Mm -hmm. it was art that was going to change literature, as we know now, 100 years later, that it did. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we're coming up on the centennial of her edition of Ulysses, the two very first um, editions came off the press in Dijon and appeared in her store on February 2nd of 1922. It, it's just, it, it really is uh, an amazing book. And I, I I love so much what you said, at the your author's note at the end of the book, where you, you know, thanked bookstore owners and people who are readers. And I, I just, it was, it was a lovely acknowledgement. I like that, that, you know, you, you did that. Cause I, we feel that way here on our show about, authors, books, and bookstores. It's so, you know, it's so true. And, you know, I think, I mean, I'm grateful to them always, but, you know, particularly during the pandemic, um, you know, book selling and book buying and book reading had to really change. Mm -hmm. And independent bookstores really, like, nimbly um, changed with the time that we were in. You know, they moved all their events and book clubs and buying and selling online um, and they really did write by writers and yeah. readers. Yeah. How, okay. So then you're, so all of this, you know, I really did not know. Um, I just knew of this famous American bookstore, Shakespeare and Company. And I was on a walk and, you know, just, I, that's all I knew. So the book immediately engages you. How did you come about, you know, cause you've been inspired, you've done historical fiction. What was the story that, you came across it, made you decide to, you know, run away with this wonderful story. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I've actually been carrying Sylvia's story around in, inside of me for my entire adult life. I, when I was an undergraduate in college, I was obsessed with the 1920s. I took all the classes I could during that period. And I was especially interested in the expats of um, the 1920s who lived in Paris. Um, and, you know, those great, you know, bargain book bins in front of college bookstores. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was uh-huh. rummaging around in one of those one day and found Sylvia's own memoir. Um, and I read the back and it, I saw that it was about Paris in the 20s. And I thought, sold. Um, brought it home, read it. And, you know, I was just totally entranced by her story, you know, all, for all the reasons I've already mentioned. Yeah. You know, the incredible, famous writers publishing Ulysses. But, you know, I was 20 years old. I kind of filed it away under good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward 20 plus years. And, you know, as you said, I've written two other historical novels. And I really quickly honed in on Sylvia for a third subject. And I was so grateful that my publisher thought it was a great idea, too. Um, but, you know, it's funny. It's, it's sort of surprising that it took me so long to realize she deserved her own novel. Um, but in some ways, I'm glad because I think that if I had tried to, you know, um, write about Ernest Hemingway and, and James Joyce in my first try at historical fiction, that might have just been too intimidating. <laughs> oh, I would say. I would say. I mean, how much research did you do for this book? Because it doesn't, I mean, in, in all the ways that, and we're talking with uh, Carrie Marr in the book is the Paris bookseller, but it is not at all, you know, sometimes people say, oh, is that going to be a dusty book? Is that going to be, you know, hard to read? But it it just... Your 
I don't know the uh, the imagine. I can't tell. I, I believe everything that you've written. I mean, to me, this is almost like every word in this thing is is true, and it makes me it made me happy. Also happy about how uh, people who were gay, uh, whether you're man or woman, in Paris, like it was it was it was this time of this banned book and oh scatological and oh, this is all bad. But yet in Paris, you know, people are able. There's an openness that later becomes, you know, not as available or becomes oppression then later. Yes, all of that's true. You know, so Sylvia not only falls in love with Adrienne's store, she falls in love with Adrienne, and they have a a relationship for the better part of two decades um, that that is sort of a business partnership, but it's also a romantic partnership. Um, And, yeah, that was also really interesting to me. She Sylvia doesn't write very much about Adrienne in her own memoir, and I, mm-hmm. I kind of think that's because Sylvia wrote her own memoir in the 50s when times were really different yeah. um, than they were in the 1920s. And that was something that was very illuminating in my research. And so you so you asked me about, you know, the research mm-hmm. that I did. So, you know, this is actually a struggle for me in this book because, of course, I'm writing about a very famous time and place and people. And so I could have you know, research this book for a decade right. in a word. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I do have a select bibliography at the okay. back of the book. Um, but, you know, I so I read, but just to sort of summarize, I read, um, I revisited some books that I had already read, including, of course, her memoir and Ernest Hemingway's Immovable Feast. Mm-hmm. And then I read um, a, a solid number of nonfiction books about Sylvia Beach, about Paris in the 20s, about the trial um, both of the trials that Ulysses went through in the American court systems, because I had a lot to learn Yeah, um, about all of that stuff. Yeah, it was, um, as soon as I got back from Mexico, I was like, you know, Googling, um, like, I just was like, Ulysses, I always think of that book, James Joyce, I was like, I always said, oh, that came out to instant acclaim, or, you know, whatever, I had no idea yeah. uh, the, you know, the struggle to get that that published and everything. Yeah, it was it was really I mean, she took, you know, an enormous personal and financial risk to publish that book. And, you know, she really did change literature mm-hmm. by doing that. And and that the bookstore is what is it only? Is it the second so, owner? Yeah. So. So, yeah. So this, the current Shakespeare and Company in Paris is a wonderful, magical place. It is, but it is not the original, nor is it nor is it. um connected to the original. Mm-hmm. The current Shakespeare and Company in Paris, which, as you said, is beautifully set right right across the Seine from Notre Dame, mm-hmm. um, has been in that location since 1951. Okay, And it was originally um, called Le Mistral, and it was opened by another book-selling American named George Whitman. And he, George rechristened the store Shakespeare and Company in 1964 after Sylvia had passed away. Sylvia had actually closed her Shakespeare and Company okay. in 1941 during the Nazi occupation. Oh, okay. Um, and she never reopened, but she was a regular at George's store um, in the 50s. And so he rechristened his Shakespeare and Company in the 60s. And, um, and and it has you know I really encourage readers to like go you can go visit their website yeah it's a great history um, that they are open with and it's really also a tribute to Sylvia's original store um, they have all kinds of history about Sylvia's store and ephemera you know regarding regarding Sylvia's store so yeah um, it's a it's a it's an amazing place yeah well you're an amazing writer and now I I want to read the Kennedy debutante because that I just feel like I would 
gobble that one up too, but it was really uh, fun to read the Paris bookseller, uh, you know, on a vacation. It just was a wonderful book to just escape with, I guess. I We really Thank enjoyed it. Thank you so it. much. Yeah. Is this getting, so, did you sell it? Is anyone going to make it into a, a series or a movie or? Oh, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows? My, you know, a writer's fingers are always crossed for such things. Well, you you keep writing, and honestly, uh, Carrie, we like Fiona Davis, Kate Quinn. We we love our uh, historical fiction, and people who like our book club, uh, you know, can they, they know they can count on us to have really good stories. And you, you've really given us just a wonderful, wonderful story with the Paris bookseller. Thank you again. I love Fiona and Kate, too. Oh, good, good. And what was the last great book you uh, read? Oh, my gosh. I've been reading. I'm actually, I'm listening. I'm a huge audiobook person. I'm listening to Mrs. Everything by Jennifer Weiner right now, and it's ter- it's terrific. Yes, we we had her on, I think, for that book. And, yes, that was a good book. Thank you, Carrie, so much. We're going to keep paying attention to everything that you're writing and keep writing, All of right. course. Thank right. you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Again, the Paris Bookseller, we've got a couple copies. Grant to give away, 651-641-1071. We'll be right back.